This is exactly right. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Curdy B. What you got? I wanted to tell you that we're going to be in Minneapolis and Kansas City. Boom. Those are the big ones. <laughs> the biggest ones. We're coming to the middle of the country, October 20th and 21st. Go to our Instagram and get tickets. Scotty, is, are they going to be good shows? They're going to be the best two shows we've ever done. They're going to be the greatest shows in October 2022 that you'll ever go to. Bring people who've never heard about the podcast before. We guarantee they will leave knowing about the podcast. October 20th, Kansas City at the Improv. October 21st, Minneapolis at the Parkway Theater. Go get tickets. See you soon. Scotty, you ready? Oh, Curdy B. I am ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Here it is. <laughs> Does Megan the Stallion want to build a mechanical bird? <laughs> I don't know. And we don't know. But we're going to find out as we spread our wings and sail and yes. fly into a new episode of the beloved Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoler. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was, only on Exactly Right. Uh, one quick announcement is we have Door to Shore, October 8th. You can donate to our GoFundMe. Curdy B and I are going to walk across all of... Los Angeles, which is the most walkable city in the world, mm -hmm. uh, directly into the Pacific Ocean to raise money for Cast LA uh, and victims of human trafficking, something we really believe in. So thanks for all your donations, guys. And if you guys want to do your own Door to Shore, you can go to doortoshore.org and you can sign up to walk into your nearest body of water fully clothed <laughs> and raise money for your favorite charity. Uh, let's yes. make it a big thing, guys. And one other announcement before we get to our fantastic, fantastic we guest. We do have a great guest. As everybody knows, I'm going to be in Toronto uh, September yes. 22nd to 24th at JFL Toronto. And just mm. added, okay. we're doing Hot Tub, my variety sh show with Kristen Schaal. We're doing that on September 24th. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be me and Kristen doing some old classic bits from our hot tub days with Very a bunch fun. of fantastic comedians from the festival. Very uh, fun. So come on out, and you can find all that. Links in the uh, Instagram thing. Here it yeah. is. Let's get Here to we it. Go. Our guest today is not only a mm. fantastic stand-up comedian. True. She is an amazing award-winning cartoonist. Absolutely. You can catch her in her new solo show, Mole, which just I finished will. a run at the Cherry Lane Theater in New York City. Very Heard of it. A, a very nice theater. Prestigious. Men, prestigious theater. Uh, you can read her new book, How to Die Alone, or listen to her Audible series, Come Out, Come Out. Please welcome the wonderful Mo Welch. Hello, Bananas. Hello. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you for having me. Welcome, 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 Mo. Very excited to talk very hard-hitting news with you guys. That's do, right. Yeah. It's, it's all hard-hitting. We don't go soft at all with this news. How we pull was, no punch. How was your run at Cherry Lane? Tell me it about was, that show. 
Honestly, it was beautiful. It was, you know, we're used to, uh, you know, stand-up comedians having people eat nachos at us yeah. you know, in the front row. So it was a different experience. People dressed up to go to the show, which is oh, what wow. I can say that I did for myself, you know, as the performer. But so great. Uh, yeah, it was a great, great experience. I have six. It's 60 minutes of me telling jokes and stories. And there's art behind me the entire time. That's like, you know, I have somebody clicking through. So it's it's an it's a visual experience. Oh, nice. So it's your it's your comics as well. Yeah. But like it's like I tell, for example, I'll tell like a 10 minute story and my art like there are probably, you know, 75 cues behind me. Wow. Like, you know, so I was walking down the street. Then there's a comic walking down the street sort of thing. It, uh, fun. A, lot of, a lot of preparation. <laughs> oh, whoa, that's awesome. That's such a cool way to do it. So yeah. would you get would you get laughs that are not based on things you said? Yeah, I, it's like a double laugh. Oh, you that's know? cool. And Best you never guy. know, you never know if someone's, you know, it's almost like you're not even keeping track of the laughs because they might not laugh at the actual joke, but then they laugh at like the visual joke and you're uh -huh. like, cool, well, I got one in there. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Are you going to do it again soon somewhere else? Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, taking a beat because it uh, is a lot of work. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely going to do a run probably at the Legion Theater here in L.A. for uh, a while and then maybe mm. back to New York. I don't know. Nice. I want to come see it. Yeah. We'll um, come out. The Legion's below my house. I can see the roof of it from my house. So I will if, if I don't show up, I'm an asshole because I'm so <laughs> close to it. So I'll be there opening I agree. and closing night. I'm going to throw a rose on the first night and then pull it back politely <laughs> on the last night. That's sweet. You can um, actually just zip line down to it. <laughs> Mo, the first time we met, I've been a fan of yours, especially because I, I saw you on Hot Tubs a couple times in Los Angeles. And oh, we have a lot of mutual friends, Melissa and Allison and such. But the, the first first time I met you in person was at Molly and Tom's in the Valley after the Euro soccer match. I think it was, remember? Yes. Were, yes. You, were you there when, talk about visual cues, when England was about to lose and Tom hit the window and broke the window and scared the shit out of everybody? Yeah, that was my favorite part. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. It, it really brought me back to childhood, but then, um, <laughs> but then I got to, I got to know him and I'm like, oh, he's like a really nice guy that just accidentally broke a window. <laughs> yeah, it's just a passionate British, uh, British man and watching England lose a game they should have won and we're all just like, oh no, and then you just hear this pound and then shatter no. and he had just fisted the oh. closest wall and window outside yeah. we we're all sitting outside on the patio and he just busted through the whole window <laughs> and his wife's just like tom <laughs> <laughs> it was all it was like british soccer hooliganism it's but I wish that, yeah, I wish that I had anything that I cared about that much that I could break Me through too. a window because there's just <laughs> like sports don't do it for like nothing really does that for me. I wish I, I had that sort. Of, yeah, I, I, I agree. That. I wonder constantly in TV when someone punches through a window, their hand is always bloody. And I'm wondering, was his hand bloody? Because in my mind, you could he do it himself. without cutting your hand. Is it impossible? Let's try. <laughs> He, yeah, we have. You're surrounded by windows. I'll just start kicking and punching. Uh, he, I don't believe he cut his hand. Boom. I actually think he hit the frame of the window. I think oh, he pounded the frame with right. his fist, and then the window hit, shook so hard it shattered. But it broke. Oh, it didn't crack. That's pretty. It great. shattered. It was a great sound effect. It was great. 
It was great. It was my my favorite. I, I don't know any I don't know anything about soccer. So I was just I was there for the food. So I just in the pool. And so that yeah. was just add that was just a bonus for me. Absolutely. <laughs> you and me both. It's never Beautiful. a party till a window gets broken. That's yes, what they say right. in Amish country. Uh, do you guys want to hear <laughs> uh, about this uh, this uh, article? Does yes, Megan the stallion want to build a mechanical bird? Mm-hmm. Um, I bet she does. I don't know why they'd write an article if she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, guess what, Scotty? You're about to be tickled oh. to death. Okay. Um, this was sent in by Established Goods. And uh, so mm-hmm. what this is, is a uh, AI-generated news headline. So Mike Doty from Soul Coughing, the ex-lead yeah. singer of Soul Coughing, now the yeah, very nice prolific uh, musician of mm-hmm. his own right, um, he started, uh, he, I guess he pays to subscribe to this chat bot, this AI chat bot that you can give images to it and then it will write articles for you. So he's created, um, he's created a, uh, <laughs> a website that's called super special questions.news and you can okay. go and check it out. He generates like one or two a day. And so basically he just sends an image to this AI and then the AI writes the article. Mm. And so here's just a couple of the, these, all these headlines were created by an AI based purely on an image. Pure um, so, so wait, actually I'm just going to tell you what it says for does Megan the Stallion want to build a Of course, yeah, don't leave this us This is hanging. just the first couple lines. Megan the Stallion has never been afraid to experiment with her sound and style. So it's no surprise <laughs> that the Houston rapper is now interested in flying robots. That's... I mean, it does a pretty good job. Um, here's another one. Is Taylor Swift really a Hyundai made out of Bitcoin? <laughs> um, is Bob Odenkirk the real star of Bridgerton? <laughs> that was just a picture of Bob Odenkirk and Bridgerton. And that's actually a pretty, like, what if the iconic television lawyer Bob Odenkirk was a star of Bridgerton? The Netflix mm-hmm. show would be very different, but possibly even more steamy. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, it's so, so fat, like all of them are enjoyable, but reading the actual article, it kind of like hangs together. There's, um, did Tommy Lee Jones throw food at a vending machine? (laughs) This was, this was a picture of a kitten with Tommy Lee Jones and Utz. Uh, so it says Tommy Lee Jones, a big movie star, bought a box, a big <laughs> box of very expensive imported fruit. He was at the airport and he threw each one of them at a vending machine because they did I mean, not have Utz chips. A kitten yes. became enraged. <laughs> that would be the best day of your life. Airports are so dull and boring just to watch Tommy Lee Jones oh just God. hauling fruit at a vending machine. It would make me so very happy. That's so the vacation. Is- there, so there is the article is written by a human that no. is about these AI. Written. No, the other way around. The other way around. the The article is all written by the AI. Yeah, but I mean, this art is. Did you read an article that is telling us about these AI articles, and was oh. that written by a human? <laughs> no, I have not actually. It was just this person, um, established goods on Instagram, who sent it to me, oh, okay. and they're like, "The lead singer of Soul Coughing is doing this thing," and I was like, "What?" And I looked it up, and I was like, "This doesn't say Mike's name anywhere." And then I went to Mike's Instagram and saw that he had started this. Um, and so no one's actually written about it. So we are breaking this. This is breaking news, folks. Yes. Not breaking. Um, I just here, nobody like, else is talking. Yeah, we should have. I mean, like that seems like more than a hobby. If you're a musician and you're like creating this AI <laughs> generating, you know, articles. I'm like Amazing. my hobbies. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I just feel like 
how do you have the time? I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed, I, too. I went to see Silk Offering when I was in high school in Towson, Maryland, mm-hmm. at the Rec Room Theater, and we were young. We were like 15, and a friend drove us, and we waited, and we waited, and we waited, and I guess the drummer dropped acid, and they couldn't get him to focus on drumming. No. And so after like an after like a two-hour delay, the band came out and like kind of went through one of their songs, and then was like, we're sorry, we can't do this. And then we that was it. So it was like a bunch of teenagers being like you know we're sitting on the floor of a concert venue that's how tired we were sitting cross-legged on the floor waiting for a band we all liked and then yeah they just couldn't go on wow yeah mike has a fascinating book that you guys should read that's all about that time when he was with soul coughing and like that sort of stuff is rife through the book (laughs) oh i see yeah um, but do you really need a drummer? I mean, it's just <laughs> the not anymore. You know, <laughs> not anymore. I think they could have done it. Get Pro Tools up there. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give you one last headline, and then we can Please. move on. Did a giant bird eat the sun while singing Blackpink? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. These tickle of a, a real deep these. funny bone for me. Um, I I feel like a question uh, a question as a headline is like. Isn't that like an improv uh, a no-no? You can't like start a scene with a question. I feel like in journalism, they're probably like, don't ever write a headline that is a question. Yeah, unless you work at BuzzFeed. Right. I was like, this does feel very BuzzFeed, these articles. Yeah, I think it just trolls the internet. So it's like, I think it's, I think it's saying that there's so many articles on the right. internet that are just like, did blankety blank, ding blank blank? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. They need to combine that. They need to combine that AI with like the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic band and the Country mm-hmm. Bear Jamboree. They need to start like leveling up the bad animatronics with like thinking computers, so that it the concerts that you go to are fully interactive. They're responding on the fly. I think adults would go pay to like if a bar had that in the back and it was just a yeah. band that you could talk to and it would answer like this and then make up songs be the best bar in los angeles oh hell yeah and if there was an actual ball pit too (laughs) that's so great why aren't there adult ball pits i know covid okay remember that carnival game that um it was like you would get the little rubber frogs and then you'd fold them up and then you'd take a mallet and you'd hit something and you'd try to launch these frogs onto a rotating lily pad they were really fun it's hard boardwalk game I haven't seen those in a while, but wouldn't that be a great bar game too? Like if you were in a bar and you're like, hey, you can buy five frogs and you get a beer. And then if you get one in, you get another free beer. I love that. I've been waiting for you to open a bar for 20 years, Scott. (laughs) You've been talking about it for so long. I have some ideas. That that is part of them. The, I think just calling one like the bird bath and you have that in the back would be a great bar. I think that'd be awesome. I think There's putting t- yes, wins. I'm totally down because the th- reason I don't like Vegas, I don't like gambling. But if it were games like yes. that where it had some skill to it that wasn't like counting cards or whatever gambling is, then I'd yes. like. Okay, that's great. Also, I was one of the few people that went to Chuck E. Cheese during the pandemic. Fully. Oh yes, did you? <laughs> Me too, baby. I oh, had yeah. to. I was at, you know, there's like that Chuck E. Cheese that's attached or right next to that Target. And we were just walking in the mall and I was like, I don't know, like, let's go here. And it was sad. Uh, But I had a little I had a little bit of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been back many times now. We started during the pandemic because it was like there was a sweet spot during the pandemic where everyone was scared. 
to go anywhere. So we would go to Chuck E. Cheese and it was just empty. And it was yes. like, this seems kind of safe. And you can drink wine yeah. and drink beer. So we would just get like <laughs> wine and let the kids like just hit buttons for a one hour and then go home. It was like, I love it. It is perfect. Yeah. You just, uh, it, you are keeping Chuck E. Cheese afloat, I think. Yeah. It's important. It's, we all got to pitch in. It's really important. Also, Scotty, you should name the bar Barnival and then just Barnival? have a bunch of different carnival games outside. Huge. And it's right? in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. I love Barnival. All those games are fun. And it, yeah, like, you know, people love playing games, but do you really want to play beer pong anymore after oh. what's happened? Like, <laughs> so many are flip cup, like all those things that are very fun at a certain point. But now it's like, yeah, this is we're starting a third pandemic. Um, <laughs> come to Barnival. I'm sick of cup based drinking games. It's <laughs> like too. enough with the cups. Enough. <laughs> Shove the cups joyfully up your derriere. That's what I say. Here we go. Amy Lynn sent this one in. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Amy Lynn. This was written by Shola Lee for Lad Bible. Uh-oh, we don't know what Lad Bible. Bible is, but they send a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Man with rare condition explains why he'll never date a Christie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you teased this one. Mm-hmm. I, love, I sure oh, did. So I love it when when we have crossover from episodes. Henry Gray, twenty three, discovered that he had lexical gustatory synesthesia, a wow. condition that blurs the senses, meaning he can often smell or taste while hearing. Have you heard of synesthesia, Mo? Absolutely not. Kurt's a big fan. I'm a big fan. Wow. I used to have a, a long set about synesthesia that no one liked. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, when you hear words or sounds, that your brain it processes them to be smells or scents or tastes. So it like it, there's a, a disruption that basically, when you hear certain things, you you experience smelling a rose or biting a nacho it's pretty fascinating and it's yeah. very rare it um sounds, and is it real yes it's real 100 okay. percent real yeah that's yeah. that's wild it's wild there's a documentary where they get like five people in the world that have it together and they show their paintings and stuff and somebody's like this is what chocolate looks uh looks like to me and it's just like these yellow and blue paint blurs and he's like but this is when i see this i smell and experience chocolate and it's very fascinating yeah, that sounds amazing. It kind of reminds me of when like people are, uh, you know, how they have those competitions for memory. If mm-hmm. you know, like, it reminds yeah. me of that. How they like paint a picture in their brain of like what you know the number five looks like is different, or you know, whatever. That's yes, fascinating. I went to that once. You did in Manhattan. I went to the Memory Olympics. It was on Twenty Third and Park. You did, <laughs> and I it was free. And you know they had like four hundred folding chairs out, and there were like thirteen of us there. And then they would give lists of words, random words, and everybody would get like one minute to memorize. And then they take them away, and then they would just start saying them in order. And people would get into like the hundreds. Whoa! It was incredible. But it's exactly what you're saying, Mo. Is the woman that won for memorizing random words said that. Uh, she would walk through her childhood house, and she, when she would reach for the doorknob, it would be like the word that associated with the doorknob. Then she would open it up and look at the welcome mat, and the welcome mat was the name. Na- oh, she was doing numbers. I'm sorry. So it would be oh, like, doorknob scared. had a three on it. Then she looked at the welcome mat, and it was like, that's an 11. And she would just walk through the downstairs and use her memory of everything in her house, and each one was assigned a number. And she could go like 80 deep in one minute. 
Wow. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah there yeah. someone wrote a book. I had the book for a while. This guy that like he might have been a journalist and he wrote about it and then mm-hmm. decided to try to do it himself. And I mm-hmm. think he was really yeah, I think he like got into the finals or whatever, but it seems like a world where and I'm not making any judgment, but I also don't know anybody that does the memory Olympics. So I'm not that afraid, but <laughs> it feels like it'd be hard to live in the moment because you're always coming up with, you know, your, your sure. like, cell sheet of what this is assigned to this word or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't 100%. think you're offending any of the bananas either. I think <laughs> if we have anybody who's ever competed, let us know. But we can't even remember what we talk about on the podcast anymore, so we're screwed. And we'll go, we'll call this episode Mo Shits on Mo <laughs> Memory Olympics. Yes. Fuck cups, memory Olympics. <laughs> but, uh, butt cups and memory Olympics. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Um so okay, so Shola Lee, best in the business. She writes like this. So would a rose by any other name smell as sweet? We're not sure, but according to to Henry, the name Christie smells like piss. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hope the article ends because that is all we need to know. <laughs> Sadly, it lists so many names, and I would like to go through oh. as many as you guys can stand. Yes. And that, but there's also you kind of like Christie and piss. The, there's the mm. is in there, and I there you do kind of start to see some word. Uh, uh, there's some connection between some mm-hmm. of them. So, anyways. That's not even the worst one. The barman from Newcastle says, quote, I've always known, I've always associated words and names with tastes, smells, and feeling. It's all I've ever known. So what do Harry Styles and Kate Middleton's names taste and feel like? Great question. We all want to know. Well, according to Henry, Harry is hair sticking up like on telephone wires. Okay. Um, <laughs> while Kate is vaguely like jagged cutting cloth with a knife in a church and I can hear it. So Kate Middleton, <laughs> the name Kate is like cutting cloth with a knife in a jagged direction in a church. That's the experience. Okay. Which is super specific. Is, is this guy actually have synesthesia or is he just good at uh, word association? <laughs> How dare you question Lad Bible? (laughs) (laughs) The comparisons don't stop there, apparently. Cameron Diaz is like a sparkling disco ball slowly rotating. I see it. Okay. I see it. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is like sniffing the inside of a shoe. (laughs) (laughs) While matching celebrity names uh, to smell seems like a fun party trick, Henry's condition meant that he had to change halls at university, large in part because of his his roommate's names smelled so bad to him. He said, oh. at university, when I moved into the halls and was at a flat with a Duncan, a Christie, and an Elijah, <laughs> I had to... <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I had to change the accommodation because they were some of the worst-smelling names. Duncan <laughs> is like a bird dipped in smoky bacon. <laughs> Christie is the urine smell. And Elijah is like, is like licking an eyeball. Oh, That's Pretty a smell? Fun. Oh, well, I, it's also a feeling or a taste. Oh, wow. So, but also, what does that taste like? Yeah. You shouldn't know. He added, yeah. I couldn't form friendships with them or live with them, so I changed holes. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man a bird time... dipped in smoky bacon? That was That's the first what... one? Yeah, that, that was there's, there's where I'm like, I buy into it being synesthesia now, because I cannot imagine. <laughs> that right. must be how it smells. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> And it's just when they hear the name, so he could be anywhere and just hear the name Christy. Right. And he has but, the physical sensation of smelling it. Right. Yes. But w- so if she doesn't say her name at all, then does he not have it? Or does he think is he thinking about it in his head? So then he 
Oh, good question. I don't know. I don't know that. And and Shola Lee didn't follow up with that much reporting. <laughs> just oh, the story. I feel yeah. like this was reported while he was at the bar. Yes. <laughs> just drinking. What? Really? And just scribbled a couple things down that wrote an article for Land Bible. But th- this guy's got to be the bar. Henry's got to be the bartender at Barnival. I mean, this guy yes. is perfect. You can tell him your name and he'll tell you what you smell like. Oh, my it's God. incredible. Great funny trick. Henry said most of the time, I quite like having synesthesia, and it doesn't get in the way of my life. I'm a bartender at a pub, so whenever I look at people's ID, I get a strong sense of taste and smell. So there you go, Mo. It's not just hearing it. It's also reading it. So I guess that is in his mind. Meanwhile, um, the name Alice uh, is like sliced apples. Francesca is like a silky warm coffee drink, chocolate coffee. Ian is like having a sticky blocked up ear. <laughs> so Henry compiled a list of what um, his top female names, top male names, worst female names, worst male names. So you want to hear these, right? Of yep. course. Abby. This is nice top. Name. This is top or worst. These are top names. Okay, great. Abby uh, smells like orange hubba bubba chewing gum. Okay. Haley. A name that we've all heard before is the sound of faint, soft music in the distance. Oh. oh. <laughs> Safa, a name that's not quite as familiar in the States, is an espresso soaked sponge cake. Okay. That is quite pleasant. Okay. Top male names Mitchell <laughs> is a stretchy, cheesy shell pasta. <laughs> Oscar, citrus orange juice. Martin smells like Smarties. And Bailey, which it could go be a male or female name, I think, is like warm milk. The worst names, Mary. Mary smells to Henry like a pile of unwashed pink bed sheets faintly smelling of damp. <laughs> wow. That's a popular name, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough for him. Uh, Brittany is the sensation of having my hair caught in something and pulled. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Danica is like sharp segments of readily salted chips being lodged in my throat. Oh God! What a life for this guy! This like, is tough. A, he's got a he's got a good disposition. I would be I would just wear earplugs all the time mm-hmm. and be like, no thanks, we're not meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, Elijah is like licking an eyeball. It makes my skin crawl to say it. Rupert, a beer burp. See that one's like one for one to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison. Like the great Harrison Ford. It's an itch on my body that I simply cannot scratch. It's everywhere and nowhere. I don't even like saying Harrison. Wow. And I'll give you one more. Well, I'll give you two more. Dylan, a toilet seat. (laughs) 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 And Brayden, a name that nobody over the age of 30 enjoys whatsoever. Brayden genuinely provokes horse manure smeared on a wooden wall. Oh, God. (laughs) Have you Beautiful. do ha- Mo? Have you ever had an association with like a physical act that was like, uh, you know, a different sense, like a different sense, like an itch or anything like that? I don't think so. I guess I'm lucky. I didn't even know that this was a. I didn't know it was a thing. I I think there was. I had one when I was like. I do remember when I was in maybe like fourteen to nineteen. I had if I scratched a certain part of my body. I would feel like time travel. And that's, it's just a strange, it was a very strange experience. 
Um, and so, yes, it was like, and that doesn't happen to me anymore, but I can remember it was like an overwhelming feeling of whatever the fuck that means. But that was exactly and specifically what it felt like. So I can understand that a little bit. Maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with synesthesia. Yeah, I used I used to work at a radio station and it's kind of how weirdly how I got into comedy, but they had this. Really? uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, it was like my it was like my stepping stone. But I worked at this station that after midnight, they would I would be in the middle of nowhere by myself. I actually got fired because I called the cops so many times. So they thought someone was breaking <laughs> in. But it was like it was just like antelope or, you know, it's in the you. middle of nowhere. Yeah. Wait, so, middle of nowhere. Where? In Wyoming. It was oh, like wow. outside of Laramie, Wyoming. So it's going oh, to Wyoming. Yeah. So yeah. it was way out there. But uh but they after they would play this program called Coast to Coast. Yes, and it, I know yeah. Coast to Coast. Yeah. After, George, so, yeah. Um, you know, no judgment to you. But when you're telling me about that, I like that reminded me of callers that would be like they would like go on this whole thing of something, you know, something trails, something that happened. Yeah. And then right when they got off, they would be like, oh, and uh, before I go, just want to let you know, I did see a UFO last night. All right, talk to you later. And it'd, George. Be, like, it'd be like <laughs> UFO story after UFO story. <laughs> I was, love that show. Oh, it was honestly, it was amazing to like pack up my stuff and leave to that um, to that voice. <laughs> yes. So wait, so how old were you when you worked at the radio station? How And how did you get into stand-up because of working at a radio station? I think I was just like, oh, it could be kind of, may, maybe I was just... It, I was like, this is me being a star. Like I, I was the attention yeah. of it, um, yeah. you know, going out and be like, I wonder if anyone knows I'm the one that's on the radio. And I'm like, this cool. makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we're being honest, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I was probably like 20, you know, I, I was in college and I worked full time at the commercial radio station and then the public radio station. Whoa. It's getting in there. Right. Yeah. Right in the, you know, I majored in radio during the podcast boom. It was uh, not smart. <laughs> yeah. I had a radio show, too, in college. I had a morning drive on Wednesdays from 6 to 9. It was hard to get up on Wednesday. It was hard to get up that early in college. But then people called in, and it felt like something. It felt like we were connecting. And then when you realize you had listeners, you do feel a little bit like a star. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had a college radio show, which I loved doing. And it was like every yeah. Tuesday night for three hours with my buddies. And we'd always like put on like a very long song and then go out and have a cigarette. And it was like, How felt cool. so fun. <laughs> but cool. it was at Johns Hopkins and their radio station, they didn't have a transmitter. They got rid of the transmitter in like the <laughs> 90s. What? Yeah. Okay. So instead, the radio station was broadcast through the electrical wires of the dorms. Oh, so I see. theoretically, Ooh. you would be able to like, if you're in a dorm, you could turn radio on and get the channel because it was literally coming from the electrical wires. But wow. if anyone used a blow dryer <laughs> in the dorm at that time, it would Very just likely. it would just screw with the with the channel. So it's like so we would always be like, please, like asking our friends, please listen to us, please listen to us. They're like, I put it on and it was just a blow dryer. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, because. Like, it's so like I, yeah, I imagine people going up to the outlet and be like, "What is that sound?" and just hearing <laughs> your voices like <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. Who yeah that is yeah. And then call coast to coast. We know what that is. I love I love that we all know what that is and that we all worked in uh, radio and college. Yeah. Yeah, look it's at very that. Fun. We have podcasts more... or radio shows. This is just a radio yeah, show exactly. like anything else. Full circle. 
Um, All right. Do you ever have that thing where you pass somebody on the street and you catch a whiff of their aroma and it instantly reminds you of somebody from like high school or college? Yeah. Or yes. Isn't that the craziest it's thing? It's so yes. weird. I'm, so, I'm sure there's some connection with the sense memory thing in synesthesia. I mean, it's just so fascinating. There was a, I had a friend in Brooklyn who whenever she would go on a first date, she would text me and she would be like, it's safe, he's cool or whatever. I was yeah. just kind of her like, oh, and sometimes I'd show up at the bar if the guy was being a creep and be like, hey, what do you got? Hey, what's up? And like, get her out of there. And one day she calls me. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, I just left. She's like, have you ever smelled like a girl's jacket before? And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, so I meet this guy at a bar and it's going great. And he gets up to pee at some point after a couple drinks. And this woman walks over and she goes, I don't know if this was your boyfriend or your husband, but every time you go to the bathroom or you go to get drinks, he smells your jacket. And she's like, what? And she's like, yeah, I just thought you should know. I don't know. Like, sorry to interrupt. And she's like, no, thanks for telling me. So then she pretends like she has to pee again. And she walks towards the bathroom. And then she kind of like does a fake out just to watch him. And she said that he like lifted her jacket and put his whole face in it. Like not just smelling the shoulder or the sleeve or something. Like put his whole face, did big like, and then like put it back down and so she there was not a second date shockingly but yeah every time she would go he would just take a big deep breath of jacket back and real or get in there that's Never one f- of the biggest red flags i've ever heard of yeah because yeah. also yes. if you wanted to smell the jet <laughs> for some reason in my head it was like you, he could have just like sniffed near it do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. to pick yeah. it up and put it on your face it's like oh he's got something deeply wrong with him yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so she was laughing because it was so bizarre but she's I like think. yeah i'm fine but i am not dating that guy <laughs> wow all right do you want me to uh, tease us into a break here give us a big teaserino here it is this one's a good one Snake bites two-year-old girl who bites it back until it dies. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty savage. Okay, we'll be back with some snake biting on a very special Bananas. We are back. Scotty, you got any shout-outs there, pal? I do. Let me hammer through some first, and they're all great. Bananimals, you've been sending some top-quality shout-outs, and we really appreciate it. Uh, Natisha wants to shout-out Addie's Aunties, A-D-D-I-E, Addie's Aunties. She's on a team raising money for Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, and her team is for a great kid named Addie. Uh, she mentioned, Curdy B, that if we talked about this on the podcast and then put our, we're going to put the link when this episode comes out in our stories so you can donate to the Tennessee Extreme Hike on September 25th that she will wear a banana costume for the 12-mile hike that's great so i great cause i um my mom my mom had a patient in the 80s 
um, who had cystic fibrosis. And we became very close with, my mom was a pediatric nurse, and we became very close with the family. And so I've spent a lot of time, I know a lot about cystic fibrosis. Um, so let's definitely support this. Addie's uh, aunties yeah, and the Addie's great kid aunties. named Addie. So thank you, Natisha, for doing this and letting us know. And yes, when Mo's episode comes out, we will put the link to donate to Addie's aunties in our stories. Corrine had a beautiful, healthy baby named Elise on August 2nd. She uh, is listening to bananas while doing her f- or feeding this beautiful baby. Yeah. So it's a day one banana book, Kurt. Oh, nice. Also, Greg Jepson is shouting out his baby boy, Cooper, who spent five days in the ICU. But Cooper and mom are healthy and happy, and everybody's at home, and Phew. he's going to make him a banana. Animal. Amen. Congrats. Megan Leary. Yeah, congratulations, Cooper. Congratulations, Elise. Megan Leary wants to shout out her hilarious husband for joining her at the first annual Splitty in the City, Curdy B. Woohoo! Then he double dipped and did another thing. He beat Snip Timber and went and got a vasectomy. He stepped up to the mic. Nice. Is Snip Timber a thing? Is that a thing that I've been that I've uh, been unaware of? You well, Rob Anderson named it. Okay, great. Because I'm going to get one in September too. So nice. I can't wait. This is going to be a snip timber to remember. <laughs> I, I've already out. been snipped, so I feel I I, I got it on n- neuter over neuter <laughs> neuter vember. I did neuter vember. Neuter vember. <laughs> Newt vember is fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, this one JHW two six seven six wants to shout out Krista McAuliffe, who is named the twenty twenty three Florida Teacher of the Year. She's an animal. Krista. She's a murderina. Krista, congratulations. We love the teachers here. You're the coolest. And shout out to all teachers who are going back to, I'm mm-hmm. sure, another weird year of getting yelled at for no reason. Um, <laughs> and last but not least, a very good one. I think it's Melissa Dolishny wants to shout out the Canadian healthcare system for providing her with two brain surgeries, two runs of chemo, and two uh, radiation treatments for zero dollars. Yes. Melissa also wants to praise her mom, who sat and stayed with her every step of the way. She is now healthy. So big shout out to the Canadian healthcare system. (laughs) And also for Melissa for being a survivor. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting us know. That's all I got, Curdy B. We are here, of course, with the fantastic and wonderful Mo Welch. Mo, tell everybody about your book. You got a book. Yeah, I have a book called How to Die Alone, and it was a bad title because uh, I didn't know the pandemic was coming. <laughs> if I would have known there were some alternatives uh, I could have used, but uh, yeah, it's That's actually so funny. Yeah, it's based on uh, a comic that I started, uh, uh, you know, eight years ago, and. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of she's been, uh, you know, people call her an older Daria sort of type. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. she's she likes cynicism, but she's also sort of positive. But I, I don't know if I write it that way. Um, but but anyway, she gives a, a steps in the how to die alone book of like how to die alone, like basically how to lose your friends, how to have a poor diet, how to like how how to keep people away from you. And again, this was written years. You know, I started <laughs> writing this book years before the pandemic. So totally cool. I obviously made it happen. Um, but 
it's uh <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a fun little book honestly you just put it you know well i have a lot of friends that have it uh in their bathrooms and uh that feels that feels can we buy some and you can sign them and then we'll give them away at our live shows this fall we like to give out signed books to our, our live shows oh. yeah i i have them in my garage i'll sign sign them away get them. we'll meet you at chuck e cheese we'll bring a sharpie it'll be a big day for the three of us that's perfect i saw yeah, you should guys- do a chuck e yeah. cheese day I would love that. I also just did Legoland. I mean, my daughter is too young for basically all this stuff, but I've she's two. She's two. But I really wanted to I I wanted to go to Disney. I wanted to have a reason to go there as so I could ride all the rides, you know, it's like why you have a kid to like have Have a kid um, again. So (laughs) so we went to Legoland and that was actually a lot of fun because they have themed rooms. It's like when you're a kid, you dream of being in a place that has a pirate themed room and bunk and all of that. So we went for my birthday and (laughs) it was was honestly so much fun, even though she can't go on all the rides because she's little, but. Oh, I should I should bring I should bring my kids there. Yeah, I think our I kids, Gus and Gus and, and your daughter are the same age. I think. Yeah, they're a couple days apart. She yeah. was born on September 10th. Yeah, September 15th. Virgo. Yeah. Smart kids. They're going to be hard workers. They're going to be disciplined, loyal. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, it's that's cool. Well, here's another story about a two year old. Look at that. What a great segue. <laughs> what a segue. This was sent in by Sarah Renee on Instagram. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, this is, was on WTOV9. Heard of it. Uh, this was by Jessica A. Botello. Oh, she's good. Hello, Botello. She's good. Best she's in the biz. Best in the biz. Snake bites two-year-old girl who bites it back until it dies. Wow. Yes, here it is. A two-year-old girl apparently got the ultimate revenge on a snake that bit her on the lip. The child bit the oh. snake after the reptile bit Aww. her with the animal later dying, according to reports. Newsweek reported that the attack occurred in the child's backyard in Bengal, Turkey, on August 10th. The media outlet noted that the neighbors heard the child screaming and ran to the scene. When they arrived, they reportedly found the child with bite wounds on her mouth and a 20-inch snake dangling from her teeth. Uh, quote, our neighbors cool. have told me that the snake was in the hand of my child. She was playing with it, and then it bit her, the child's father, Mehmet Akhan, said who wow. was at work when his fa- daughter was bitten, told media sources. Then she, has the, she, then she has bitten the snake back as a reaction. Neighbors called paramedics and performed first aid as well as made sure the snake was dead. According to reports, Newsweek's noted that the child was treated at Bingle Maternity and Children's Hospital. Quote, after 24 hours under observation, she was recovering well, Newsweek reported. Oh, that's great. The mirror noted the child, quote, has only been identified by initials as SE and shared a few photos of her. It was not immediately known if the snake was venomous. And then for some reason, it just gives a World Health Organization uh, information on whether when you've been bitten by a snake. Um, yeah. And that's Seems like it. a problem. Yeah. Is there, is there an app where you can take a picture of a snake and tells you if it's poisonous or not? That seems I like a very fun app. I'd pay 99 cents for that. Called Bite. I went, I've been, um, I've been not drinking for the past couple weeks. And so at night, I'm just like, what do I do with my time? <laughs> do I let snakes bite me to go to sleep? <laughs> so I've been going on like night hikes. And um, the one, th- and I, the first one I went on, I chose like kind of a, like uh, far up the two in the mountains. I was totally, totally alone. And, okay. it, and the sun had set. And then all of a sudden, I realized that I was on kind of a narrow 
track where it was yeah. like I couldn't really see the the ground, yeah, uh, because of like the bush that was there, and uh, and I was like, oh, this is where, and I didn't tell Lauren where I was going. I just like went out for a hike. This is all great planning. And Super I was like, smart. This is where I die. Like a sna- a rattlesnake <laughs> bites me. Nobody knows where I am. I I'm like four miles away from my car at this point. It's getting dark, and so I was just like very paranoidly like just constantly looking for yeah. snakes even though at night snakes are probably in their den or whatever but and then i'm like looking at it and i'm feeling paranoid i'm feeling worried and then i see it directly in the middle of the trail a, a not a snake a spider oh six inches by six inches Wow. Just right in the middle of the trail. Like if I hadn't been looking down, I would have stepped on this like a tarantula. Gi- it was a black California tarantula. Yeah, we have those out here. I uh, had no ones. idea. I had no idea there was tarantulas in California, yeah. especially in Los Angeles. But it was wow. giant. And apparently their mating season is, I because I posted a picture of it being like, what the fuck is this? And August to October is their mating season. So they're on the move Spider looking season. to bone. So they were yeah. just waiting for night hikers? Yeah, they're waiting to, to fuck night hikers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, six inches is six inches. That's that's more than average, what I hear. Yeah. yeah. Doing all right. Wait. <laughs> wow. Are, if they uh, are they venomous? Like, will they hurt you? I don't believe they are. I think they have hairs on them that can be very itchy if uh, if they get on you. But uh, that's mm-hmm. I have like arachnophobia, and I think Ooh. that I would rather. I think I'd rather come across a snake, but that would also scare the shit out of me. But uh, spiders, even the little ones, I cannot handle. And guess really? what? When they're big, they're much more terrifying too. Oh, I would never, I would move. Like there's, I have a friend who said when we were getting a bunch of rain, this is probably years ago, but she lived like in Mount Washington in LA, you know? And she was like, there was so, there's so much rain. And one day they're in their bedroom and there's a tarantula. <gasps> oh my and God. And they had to get it out with like a broomstick stick and oh. stuff. But it was just, they were like, it's from all the rain. Like it probably came down from that trail or something, you know? And it was just like, and I was like, that. It surfed into the house. <laughs> yes. He was like, woo. <laughs> it was very, uh, no, that stuff, that stuff is so scary. And actually my wife just got a spider bite on her, <gasps> on her belly. And it like no. had gotten infected and no. stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's wild when you don't know what the cul- who the culprit is. You're like, it's where the worst. is the spider? Yeah, Scotty had that happen. Yeah, I had it happen on my neck when I was in Denver, and I had it happen on my leg once in Hawaii. Uh, I told the Denver one already, but I I had it, and they they thought it was from the airplane because the doctors in Denver were like, we don't really have any. It's, she was like, it's not a brown recluse, and it's not a black widow, but it's definitely something. And then in Hawaii, I noticed my left calf. I was shooting a TV show out there, and my left calf kept getting like cramped like if i was just standing on anything but shoes and concrete like i would start to cramp and i was like i guess maybe it's from drinking and the humidity maybe i'm just dehydrated so i was drinking tons of water and i was eating like lots of bananas for the potassium and then like i found this bite on like my hip and i was like oh that's weird and then like a day later it was like stretching down the vein like the vein was getting dark and like a day later it's going even further and so i went and saw our set medic and he was like oh yeah that's a spider bite man you better be careful with that and I don't even. I don't even think they gave me treatment. It was just like I monitor it, but it was uh, spider bite on the leg. Uh, Did you ever remember seeing a spider like near you that was gross? No, 
I don't. And I don't know if it was in the hotel room or we were shooting a little bit in like banyan trees in the forest a little bit. But I mean, I was spraying off or like deet or whatever all over us because the mosquitoes. So yeah, something got me and that's my worst nightmare. It's my yeah. worst. It truly is my worst nightmare. But because, you know, I that stuff you watch when you're little, it really it's so it 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 stays with you because yes. ar- arachnophobia with John Goodman, that mm-hmm. movie I watched as a child and that stayed with me. And I've had a fear of spiders my entire life. And now yes. I have a kid and I'm like, I it's still inside of me that I just scream and I run away from the spider and just leave the spider with Throw my the child. Kid and I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to train myself <laughs> to be like, wait, protect her first <laughs> and then yourself. <laughs> That's pretty wild. It is. Yeah, maybe she'll bite the spider in half. That's yeah. so crazy that a little two-year-old bit a yeah. snake at general, but then also had the strength to kill it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. I you know. know that there are people that emailed in there and they were like, what about the snake? This, oh, we're, you know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? A two-year-old doesn't know. We're going with survival instincts kicked in. Yeah. We, I love snakes. I'm actually a huge snake fan. Spiders, I could give a crap, but LA does have more spiders than anywhere I've ever it's lived so in crazy. my entire life. That is a tough place to have arachnophobia because every day I walk out my door and I yep. walk through eight spider webs. Two to every the face. Same, yeah. <laughs> always in the face. And it's like, I just walked here right before I went to bed. You have been so busy overnight, you fucking weirdos. Right. Yeah. Even that spider that was in the trail, you're like, that. they might have just like done that, you know, when you were going up and then they did it when you're coming down. Like, <laughs> like wow. Now. Yes. Scotty, send us home. We got four minutes here. You got it, dude. Uh, this is from studyfinds.org. I actually found this one poking around, goofing, goofing on the internet. Sometimes I goof on the internet. No way, you? <laughs> sometimes. All sometimes right. I tickle the keys and see what happens. I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. You look great. Average person tells four lies per day, a recent survey shows. That's interesting. <laughs> four lies? I would assume it would be way more than four. Same. <laughs> yeah, because don't people like, I feel like people fart 14 times a day and I'm like, people lie more than they fart. There's, or it's the same. At least one to one ratio. Yeah. It was not me. Uh, Chris Malore wrote this. Chris, when it comes to lying, there is nobody better in the business than Chris Malore or Malori. New York. The telltale signs someone might be lying are avoiding eye contact and nervously talking. But even the most experienced poker faces have a revealing tell. That's according to a poll of 2,000 U.S. adults, which reveals an overwhelming majority consider uh, themselves to be a cut above the rest when it comes to being able to spot a liar. Interestingly, just a quarter, 24%, think that they have an excellent poker face, while 37% think overall they're good at pulling the wool over others' eyes. I mean, Chris is really going for it here. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Giving us some deets. um, When it comes to tells, signs that people are bluffing often uh, do things like fiddling, sitting up in a chair, uh, and trembling hands are key signs to look out for. On average, Americans (laughs) lie. These are people who are like, you look great. (laughs) It's like, who are these people? (laughs) Did you get your hair cut? I love it. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm doing good. Uh, Oh, who? Oh, me? Uh, It's great. (laughs) 
On average, Americans lie four times a day, but respondents also felt that someone lies to them six times a day. That's, really <laughs> That's so Paranoid. funny. That, and they're also lying there because they're, they're trying to make themselves seem like the better person, which is so good. Um, is dishonesty the best policy? Question mark. Uh, interesting. More than two and five, Kurt. More than two and five. That old more than two fraction 42 percent <laughs> of people think of themselves as somebody who wears their heart on their sleeve and find it difficult to hide their emotions despite lying more and feeling like they are lied to 54 percent of people say honesty is extremely important to them here are some things to look out for when people uh, admit to telling little white lies eye concealments uh, which is basically anything to avoid eye contact. Mm-hmm. Eye direction and eye dart. When people are lying, they tend to glance around really quickly. The micro smirk. I'd never heard of that. Oh, the micro smirk. I sometimes yeah, I get that one. I get that. Mm-hmm. This can emerge as a subtle smirk where one side of the mouth rises slightly because people enjoy performing the lie. That's what they think the psychology of that is. In the no, in the in the lesbian community we call that a dyke smile. That's just for the gays <laughs> listening it's like you'll see it's like this like <laughs> and it's when they're they're it's when they're lying or bragging or something no, like that's that. Just oh, it's in just, general. It's, or they're yeah. all liars. We're all liars. <laughs> you know, I think I've accidentally walked into a couple of lesbian bars and had about thirty people making that exact <laughs> smile at me before. And <laughs> you're like, the I'll leave. I'm like, you're right. You're right. Uh, eyebrow shrugs, asymmetrical facial expressions, which might be the smile that you're referring to. Mm-hmm. The tongue poke. This is a gesture of disgust and rejection linked to rejecting food as far as since you were a small baby. It can signal someone doesn't like what's going on, even though they're pretending to be happy. Oh, fascinating. Uh, (laughs) Hand-to-face gestures or touching your nose. If you shield your eyes at all or conceal the face with your hands in any way, even touching your nose or rubbing it. Uh, can be an expression of guilt. Again, this isn't scientific. This is just something that's been noticed. And self-comfort rituals, fiddling with your earrings or an earlobe, touching your hair, scratching your elbow, playing with your clothing, or tapping your fingers can all signal a desire to pretend to be calm under pressure of lying. There it is, folks. So you just have to stand still and don't Look move at if you're honest. Yeah. Or yeah. If, you're if you really want to lie well. You're concealing yeah. the lie, yeah. Stand firm, look up, stare straight in the eye. Yeah, you're going to look pretty odd. And say, I didn't smoke any cigarettes last night. (laughs) Dad. (laughs) Mo, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank Uh, you for having me. This is my favorite podcast I've ever been on. Well, yay! We'll take it. Thank you. You're welcome back anytime. And if you want to plug, plug away. Plug it, plug it. Uh, I want to plug. It's okay, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have anything really going on. I'm just I'm <laughs> you guys' podcast. Just keep listening. Uh, <laughs> it's you. nice. Yeah, it's nice to do a, a podcast that uh, makes you smile so much. And I'm sure the listeners feel the same way. Thank, Thank you, you Mo. Mo. Very yeah. sweet of you. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. 
Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.